Thanks for listening to Parkview on the Go. No matter where you're from, what your story is, or where you are on your spiritual journey, you belong here and we want to help you take a step toward God. If at any point along the way you feel like you want to have a conversation about faith, life, and where God might be leading you next, you can let us know at parkviewchurch.com slash next steps. That's parkviewchurch.com slash next steps. We hope this content encourages you to continue becoming the person God created you to be. Enjoy the service. Hey, hello, hello. Good to see everybody. Yeah. Welcome, welcome, everybody, uh, this weekend, everybody around here at Orland, uh, everybody, of course, out at New Linux. Hello to New Linux, everybody at Homer Glen. Hello, Homer Glen. Everybody online, everybody, I know there's people out in, uh, like, the parking lot in their lawn chairs, too, um, which seems a little warm and sticky, but hey, you know, if you're out there in your lawn chair, more power to you. Um, this summer, what we are doing is we're studying the life of Jesus, and the teachings of Jesus. And the series is called, You Can Quote Me On That. And so we've just been diving in every week to different places and different things uh, that Jesus taught, and it's been fantastic. And we're going to do that again uh, today. But before we do, I wanna take just a moment celebrating and talking a a little bit about this, about Summer Jam that just happened. Um, There were 1,119 kids, and that took 855 adults, which is almost a one-to-one ratio which I think is pretty amazing, right? And there's also nearly $15,000 raised by these kids to give to missions at all of our campuses. Can we give these kids a hand? So awesome. And to all the volunteers who are a part of that, thank you so, so much. I also was told that just tons of kids took steps in their faith and their relationship with Jesus, which is what it's all about, right? Learning to walk, whether you're younger, whether you're middle-aged, whether you're older, it's just about learning to walk with Jesus, how that works. And lots of kids took some of those really cool steps. Now, this weekend, we're going to talk a little bit about secrets. Shh, secrets, okay? Sometimes the easiest thing or the hardest thing to do is to keep a secret, right? Keeping a secret is easy if you've done something bad. It's very difficult if you've done something good, right? You want people to know about it. And in our teaching this weekend in the life of Jesus, Matthew chapter 6 is where we're going to be. If you have a Bible, smartphone, tablet, whatever, Matthew chapter 6, Jesus talks about our heart, and he talks about secret giving or generosity. He talks about secret fasting And he talks about secret prayer and how all of these things that we can do, and you can do them publicly, but how when we do them privately, it really tests who we are and our motives as to why we are doing these things. Secret giving, secret fasting, the secret praying. And none of these things are easy to do, secretly anyway, right? For instance, just a couple of weeks ago, 
I uh, was at my favorite coffee shop, and I, I like to go to the same place and order the same thing. I'm a same, same person. I go, if I find the place, I'm same, same. So I'm at my same coffee shop, getting my same drink, and uh, it's late, late morning, and so I'm just getting like a, a, a small or medium just coffee. It's like $2, $2.20, something like that. And so I, I give them, you know, I pay for it, and then I said, you know, I'm going to, I know this person, I'm going to leave them a tip. And so instead of just leaving the change, I, I leave... I'm going to leave a dollar, okay? And so I reach out to the tip jar, and I'm going to leave a, a whole dollar, which is like a 40 or 50% tip. And have you ever done this? Just as I'm leaving the tip, the person working the register, who is also the barista, turns away. And I'm, I'm sitting there going, no, no, no. I, I, I wanted them. No, wanted isn't even the right word. I needed them to see my generosity, Right? And so I, you know, of course, did the only thing, you know, that a sane person would do. I secretly pulled back out of the, no, I didn't do that. <laughs> you guys are like, are you serious? No, don't ever do that, by the way, okay? Because that puts you in a really bad scenario if they see that. I, I, I didn't do that, but, but I needed to get credit for my kindness, Right? That's how I felt. I needed my generosity to be rewarded. I needed to, to be recognized. Jesus talks about this and how and why we give to other people. In the Bible, in Matthew chapter 6, he says, Therefore, when you do your charitable deeds, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the street corners, that they may be honored by men. Truly, I say to you, they have re their reward. But when you do your charitable deeds, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deeds may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. So it's not wrong to give things to people in a public way, but, but Jesus is saying, look, there's just something inside of us sometimes that just needs to keep it a secret and just let the motive be not to be seen by everyone and applauded by everyone, but just the generosity of your heart towards people. And, and secret giving tests our hearts like very few things do. We want to get credit for our kindness. Jesus also goes on in Matthew chapter 6 and he talks about fasting and he says, when you're fasting, you don't need to let everybody know about it. And I know some of you right now are saying, that's easy because I never do it, right? I never fast, so I'm going to have this one down. So, but he says, when you're doing this, when you're fasting, you just don't have to let everybody know. Look at this, also Matthew chapter 6. And when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. Oh, I'm so, I'm, I'm fasting. You know, and they try, they, they try to look terrible. I tell you the truth. Uh, that is the only reward, reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair, if you can, um, and, and wash your face, right? Then no one will notice that you are fasting except your father who knows what you do in private. And your father who sees everything will reward you. Again, he's just getting to the motive of things. And why do we do what we do in giving and, and fasting? This one for me in fasting uh, is, has been even difficult. I, I'm not a big fast kind of person, but I'll tell you this. I, I don't know what happened like three or four months ago, but I must have clicked something or liked something on Instagram or Facebook, and now my whole world got filled with this thing called intermittent fasting. 
Do you know about this? It's like everywhere in my world, intermittent fasting, which is you just eat certain hours of the day and the rest of the day you fast and it's supposed to be good for, you know, your body and your metabolism and all these things. So I started doing it. And I, I'm just that kind of person, you know, who when I dive in, I, I dive in. I'm kind of an all or nothing. And so I'm on like either this 18-6 or this 19-5 intermittent fasting thing, and I'm learning all about it. And if you ask my wife about this, she would say, listen, you're, you're losing this. If you're doing this for noble purposes, you are losing because you're telling everyone about it. Almost everyone I meet, I'm, I'm like, hey, by the way, have you, uh, you know about intermittent fasting? Right? I mean, I'm doing it. It's, 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 going, it's going pretty good. I just, I do. I, I, I'm like an evangelist for it. It, it, this, this whole idea. And, and the bottom line, what Jesus is saying and what he's trying to teach you and what he's trying to teach me is that when we're doing good things, we, we don't have to let everyone know about it. Some, sometimes when we do good things, it's just to be between us and God and it's to check our motives and our heart. And, and Jesus goes on to talk about prayer. He talks about giving. He talks about fasting. He talks about prayer and how we pray. And this is one of my favorite teachings on prayer. In fact, and, and, and sometimes preachers, pastors will have like a life teaching. This I would call one of my life teachings. This is something that I continually like to teach. It's something that continually comes up in my life. And, and clear back at the very beginning of the pandemic, a year and a half or so ago, uh, I set up, this is like the second week of the pandemic. If you remember some of those online messages, I set up a little video camera in my living room and I shot part of this message for you. Um, and I'm guessing that in the second week of the pandemic, hardly anybody was on. Um, and so I'm going to bring some of this teaching from Jesus about prayer back into our lives this weekend. And again, it's one of my favorite teachings, and it's because of this. It's, it's something that happened with me. For at least 20 years in my Christian life, I had a fundamental problem in my prayer life. And I was always frustrated by prayer. Here's the problem that was in my prayer life. Most of my prayers were monologues and not dialogues. I was talking to God, but it was just me talking. I was never taking time to listen to God. I, I was talking a lot. In fact, I would go regularly and basically place my order with God. And then about three or four minutes later, I would expect to receive just exactly what I ordered. And, and, and my prayers were just these, these monologues to God instead of dialogues with God. And so I was regularly frustrated by prayer. And my guess is that maybe some of you, even if you've been following Jesus for a long time, have some frustration in prayer and how it exactly works. And maybe this weekend, this will help clear some of those things up. This is kind of like a backstage pass into how our prayers really work privately behind the scenes with God. So if you're taking notes, here's the first thing that happens, and you know this, but it's that we talk. We start talking to God, whether that's out of excitement or out of sadness or whatever it is. Jesus talks about this in that same section of scripture in Matthew chapter 6. Here's what he says. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth. They have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room and close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. And then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. 
several things there that Jesus says about, hey, when you're going to come to God, when, when you're going to speak and talk to God through this mysterious thing called prayer, here's just a few things to understand about it. And these are all right there in that little section of Scripture. The first thing, if you're taking notes, is that we should pray regularly. We should be talking to God regularly. In verse 5 and verse 6 and verse 7 that we just read, Jesus says, and when you pray. Now, not if you pray, not if you have to pray, but when you're in prayer. Jesus assumes that all of us who are trying to follow after him will have this regular time of prayer woven into the daily fabric of our lives. And it doesn't exactly matter when you pray. If you're a morning person, then pray in the morning when you get up. Maybe you're not a morning person. Maybe you shouldn't be talking to anyone in the morning, right? Then, then talk to God at lunch or talk to God in the evening. That The time of day is not the main thing. The main thing is that you and I spend some time each day praying, talking regularly to God. The next thing that Jesus says there, talking about this, is he said you should also pray humbly. He says don't be standing on the street corners or in the synagogues, in the churches, praying to be seen by men. They've received their reward in full, right? Same thing about fasting, same thing about giving. It's like why do you fast? Why do you give? Why do you pray? Is it just so everybody can see you? Have you ever been around people, and and I don't want to push too hard here, but have you ever been around people who whenever they start to pray, it's like they they sound completely different? It's like they begin to pray these huge, ultra-dramatic, impressive prayers. It's like they go King James on you when they start to pray. It's like, oh, 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 thou only knowest thee. You know, and you're like, what? Thou, thou, and thou knowest thee? What are, what, are you talk, what are you talking about? I've been around a lot of those kinds of places and a lot of those kinds of churches. And, I, and what Jesus, I think, is speaking to the people in Matthew chapter 6, and he would also speak to us today, is there's this tendency sometimes inside of us to want to impress people by the way we pray. Sometimes we want to pray like the perfect prayer in order to get praise from people. And and what Jesus says is, is he says, listen, you you can do that actually. You can can pray to get praise from people or or you can actually give to get praise from people or or you can do your fasting to get praise from people. But here's the thing, that praise you get, that applause you get from people, you better enjoy that because that also is your reward. When you pray towards men, your reward comes from men. When you pray towards God, your reward comes from God. And and Jesus says, listen, that's why we should pray regularly and humbly and privately. And and when we do those things, Parkview, I've I've learned this in my life and so have so many of you. I can guarantee you what's going to happen next when you begin to do those things. And that is that God listens. God listens. He will listen to you in your prayers. I can just promise you. And some of you are thinking, well, Todd, you know, really, I mean, I've heard this, you know, and that God listens, and of course he listens. That's like part of his job description. He has to do that. But don't let that slide by too fast. That the God of the universe is ready and and willing and, and wants to listen to you and me. In fact, here's one of just my life learnings. 
And that is that the miracle of prayer is not that we talk, but that God listens. Us talking, there's nothing amazing or mysterious about that, but God listening, that's an unbelievable, incredible thing. That he's open and willing and waiting to do that. In fact, it's, it's the listening of God that turns our feeble human words into intelligible prayers. One of my favorite ways to illustrate this is by talking about one of my kids, Cole. And, and some of you parents who have had little kids at some point, or maybe you still have little kids now, you'll probably be able to see where I'm coming from. When my son Cole was little, maybe like five, six years old, preschool, kindergarten kind of age, he used to sometimes wake up sick at night. He'd go to bed fine, but he'd wake up and he'd be all, you know, sweaty and his jammies, you know, would be all just, you know, wringing wet and he'd be laying there on his pillow and he'd try and lift his head up off his pillow, but his, you know, it's like his head would be huge. You know, he, he can't lift his head up off his pillow. And, and so what does a little kid do? What does Cole begin to do? He just lays there and begins to moan. And what's he moan? Ma! Uh, you know, he just starts to moan. And he does these weird sounds, these weird moans. And Cole doesn't even know what he's saying. But guess what else? It, it doesn't matter. Because as soon as Cole begins to moan, guess what? His mom, my wife Renee, hears him. I hardly ever hear him. Renee always hears him at any hour of the night. She pops up, turns on the hall light, goes into Cole's room, figures out what's going on, goes downstairs, get the, gets the humidifier, some medicine, you know, some cool towels, all of that kind of stuff, and goes up to take care of him. And I'll tell you, I can't even describe to you how many times that type of communication has been accomplished in our house. Not because Cole knew what he needed, right? All he knew is that he was sick. He had no idea what was going on. Not because Cole chose and crafted just the right words and, and put together just the right sentences. All he did was moan. But communication was accomplished because his mom was listening. And even more than listening, she was able to interpret the moan, right? You see, it's my wife, Renee, that shaped the cry into communication. And I would say to you, from everything I've learned about God in prayer through my life, that it's the same way with you and with me and with God. That when you and I begin to pray, that's what happens. Take a look at this in the Bible in Romans. We don't even know what we ought to pray for. We don't even know. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. The bottom line is, when you and I begin to pray, the light goes on in the hallway of heaven. And it doesn't matter if your prayers are articulate, or ignorant, or quiet, or really loud. God is always listening. And if God is going to listen to your prayers, if he's going to spend time listening to our prayers then we have to also assume that he's going to have something to say. Just like any conversation with any other person, there's going to be this dialogue, if you will, back and forth. As we talk, God listens, and then God has something to say. If you're taking notes, this is the part where God talks. 
God talks. We serve a talkative God. We do. Just, uh, it's been just uh, about three or four days ago, I-, I was listening to one of my favorite preachers on a podcast. And uh, I-, I was just out taking a walk, and I'm listening. And, and in his message, uh, here's-, here's what he says. I want to get this right. He-, he says in his message this, very rarely do all of your prayers get answered by God. And I'm listening to that while I'm walking, and I hear him say, very rarely do all of your prayers get answered by God. And as, as I'm listening to that, I was like, what? I had to go back. I did the little rewind thing on the podcast. Very rarely do all of your prayers get answered by God. That's just, that's not true. Here, here's the thing, Parkview. Listen, we have a God who listens to and responds to all prayers. Now, now here's the thing. You got to understand, he doesn't always respond the way you want him to. Amen. He doesn't always respond the way you want him to respond, but he does listen, and he does always respond to our prayers. And for so much of my life, I'm so passionate about this because for so much of my life, I thought there was no power in prayer. Sometimes I wondered about the purpose in prayer and all of Jesus' teaching, and the reason is because I just thought that God wasn't replying, God wasn't listening. But, but I've come to realize that he does listen, and God does respond to our prayers. And, and, I, and I've found several ways that he does that. I want to share four different ways that God responds to and replies to all of your prayers. And, and if you want to write these things down, that maybe this is just God's word for you. Or maybe it's for your kids or for your grandkids who are wondering about, is God even there? I don't even think God's there. Well, here's how God is there, and this is how he responds and replies to all of our requests and prayers. Here's the first thing. If the request is wrong, if the prayer is wrong, God says no. Everybody say no. Sometimes he says no. That's the answer. And and you and I, we can pray some pretty self-centered, short-sighted prayers, right? Have you ever found yourself praying for your wishes rather than God's will? I have. In the Bible, in James chapter 4, verse 3, it says, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives. Again, it goes back to our heart. It goes back to our motives. Why are we asking these things? Why are we doing these things? I'm so glad, listen, and I hope you are as well, I'm so glad that God loves me enough to say no sometimes to my prayers. Can you imagine where you would be if God said yes to every one of your prayers, I mean, that would, not, that would not be a good thing for me. I would be completely off the rails somewhere. I'm so glad that God loves me enough to say no. Sometimes that's the answer. We just don't want to hear it. Sometimes, in fact, I would say very, very often, this is it. If the timing is wrong, God says, slow. Everybody say slow. Now, how many of you know this is actually worse than no? Right? We're just like, God, please, please just say no. Just tell me no, not slow. But God doesn't say no. He says slow. Right? This last week, my wife Renee and I were in Phoenix. And uh, we hadn't been to Phoenix for a while, but we were leading a marriage retreat for about 50 couples in Phoenix. And one of the things I personally had forgotten about Phoenix 
is how slow the traffic moves. And I think this is because there are, there are more Cadillac cars per capita than anywhere in the nation. And I think that's probably because there are more retirees around there. And, and retirees, sometimes they move slower, not always, but sometimes they move through life a little bit slower. And sometimes the reason retirees move slower is actually because they have come to realize that there are a lot of good things in life you can't do fast. And they have this wisdom of there's just some things you need to do more slowly. And I think that's true of prayer. I think God would say the same thing. Listen, there, 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 there's just some things that you're asking, that you're desiring, that are going to have to move a bit more slowly. But here's the truth for so many of us, myself included. Many of us give up on prayer if we don't get what we are requesting in like three or four hours. We, we give those prayers to God, it's like, well, you know what, and, and we end up saying this. Maybe you've said this out loud, maybe you just said this in your heart. You've been praying for a few hours, you've been praying for a few days, and you say, well, I guess God can't hear me. Okay, I guess God can't hear me. And, and I would suggest to you that he absolutely can, and maybe he is just saying to you, the answer is slow. Whatever it is that is on your heart for your family, for your friends, for your job, for your work, for whatever it is that you're seeking God for, maybe his answer is slow. Could it be that even this weekend, God is looking down at you, this thing that you keep bringing to him, and he's saying, listen, listen, there is absolutely nothing wrong with your prayer except the timing. It's a great prayer. It's something that needs to happen. It's something that's going to happen. The only thing that is off is the timing. And if the timing is off, God says, slow. Here's another thing, the way God speaks to us. If you are wrong, God says, grow. Everybody say, grow. Sometimes you and I just need to grow. I guarantee you, in my prayer life, it is this one right here that oftentimes short-circuits my communication with God. There are things in my life that I need to confess to God. There are things I need to admit. Did, did you know this? Did you know that unconfessed, unresolved, unadmitted sin can actually mess up our communication with God? It can. It can hinder it. it. can cause what feels like distance. If you've ever felt that way, listen to what the Bible says. Listen, the Lord is not too weak to save you, and he is not becoming deaf. He can hear you when you call, but there's a problem. Your sins have cut you off from God. And because of your sin, he has turned away and will not listen anymore. The best way, if you feel like God is distant, if you're like, wow, God can't hear me, God is not listening to me, the very best way for you to open and repair lines of communication with God is just sincere, humble, heartfelt, honest confession. And coming to God and saying, God, I just, I just want to tell you, I just want you to know what, what I know you already know, but I need you to know that I know 
that you know all of this. I just want to admit this to you. I just want to confess this to you. It's, it's, it's coming to God with that open, tender heart. And when we do that, sometimes it seems like just moments in the communication with God, the proximity to God feels restored. Here's the last thing uh, to realize that if the request is right and the timing is right and you are right, that God says, go. Everybody say, go. Go. God is fired up to answer our prayers. But the thing is, a lot of times we don't stick around to hear what God has uh, to say. This is the part of prayer where we listen to God. A lot of times while we're talking, we're pretty sure that God is listening. But then as God begins to talk, we walk off. And our communication with God never becomes a conversation with God because we're just too busy. I'm just too busy sometimes to slow down and to listen. And I would suggest to you that powerful, vibrant prayer is all about learning to slow down and not just talk, but also listen to God. Look at this verse in the Bible in the book of Isaiah. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen for the life of your soul is at stake. Now I know that many of us, when it comes to getting direction from God or getting wisdom from God, getting spiritual insight, if you will, Lots of us around here at Parkview get our direction and spiritual insight from friends or from different podcasts or from our parents or from different pastors and that sort of thing. And here's what I want to say. That's awesome. That's great. It, it is great that you have people in your life who can point you to God and give you some of that direction. That's fantastic. But here's what I also want to just take us one step further and have you consider for a moment as we pull all of this together. What if, what if God has wisdom for you and direction for you in your life or your family or your marriage or your kids that some of your friends don't know about? Your pastor doesn't know about. What if God has things to say to you that I don't know? How will, you how will you know that? How will you ever learn that? I would suggest to you that you learn God's specific plans and direction and purposes for your life by learning to listen in prayer. You learn God's specific direction by learning to listen through prayer. And again, I know when I bring this kind of message, because I've had this message on my heart for years now, I know that there's always folks who go, okay, Todd, okay, I mean, the whole listening thing, and I, you know, the whole, okay, time out, time out. I've, I've been listening, Todd, I, I, I listen, I try to listen to God, and here's the thing, nothing. I, 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 don't, I don't hear anything. I'm not sure how to do this. I'm not sure how to get myself in a place where I could actually listen and hear God's wisdom and direction for my life. And so I'm going to just take a few steps here as we bring this time of study down. 
and just share with you a couple ways that I get myself in a place to be ready to listen to God. First of all, find a thin space. A thin space, that doesn't mean a, a space that you have to squeeze into, okay? A thin space is a place where the distance between you and God feels like it shrinks. Now, it doesn't really. God's not really any closer, but he feels closer. Have you ever been in one of those places where it's like, oh, man, it's just God feels close. That's what I'm talking about. It's a thin space. It's the place where the distance between you and God shrinks. And it can be your car on the way to work. It can be your porch in the backyard. It can be walking around a park. It can be why you ride your motorcycle. It could be why you're fishing. This is my thin space right here. My bus. Man, when, when I'm in there, I just feel away from everything. I just feel like I, I just feel like God is this close. Find that thin space with God. And then here's the next thing. Retreat there regularly. The thin space where God feels close. It can't be somewhere like Florida or the Bahamas or something like that. You're like, I just feel so close to God when I'm, yeah. but you can't get there very often. It needs to be somewhere you can get to regularly, that park or that porch or that car or that whatever it is. Retreat there regularly and then pick the right posture. One of the biggest things I've learned is that when I come to God and I want to speak and listen to God. My posture is everything. Because it's all about the heart, remember? With the giving, the fasting, the praying, it's all about the condition of our heart. And if I come to God in prayer and I'm like, hey, God, we got to go. I mean, I've only got, here's the thing, God, here, I'm glad we have a whole lot to do today. And I've got, you know, my timetable. And if that's the way I come to God, or if I come to God like this, just like, okay, it's been a while and haven't done a thing. These postures all make a difference. And, and so oftentimes, no kidding, my, my posture with God is just like my hands opened or, or my hands raised. Some, sometimes I'll, I'll just get down on, on my knees. And, and being on your knees or having your hands raised, the reason I would do this, and maybe some of you do this, is because it's just like a sign of vulnerability and surrender. Saying, God, I, I have a lot of things, I have a lot of ideas, I have a lot of hopes, and but here's what, I, I just want my hopes and my ideas and my things to be your things. I just want to surrender that to you. And so getting to that thin space where you feel like God is close on a regular basis and picking the right posture where you can just be open to God. These are huge in hearing his voice in your life. And so here's what I would say to you the next time that you're praying sometime this weekend or this next week, and you get done speaking, you get done talking, I would encourage you to just stay put. Be quiet for a few minutes and just spend some time listening to see what God would put on your heart. Amen? Let's do that for just a moment now. Let's just spend a couple short few seconds 20, 30 seconds in quiet. This may be some of the only quiet you have all week coming up. And then I'll lead us in a prayer. And then the team is going to lead us in a great song. Let's just be quiet for a few.
God, I know that you want to speak to our hearts. God, you don't want to hide your will and your direction and your wisdom from us. But you want us to find it and hear it and live it. So God, I pray that in the midst of our busy, busy world, I pray, God, that as we come and speak to you, that we would trust that you're listening replying to all of our prayers and our requests. And God, that you also want to speak to us. God, I pray that we would linger and stick around in that place where we can hear you guiding our hearts. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for Matthew chapter six. Thank you for Jesus' teaching. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening. Like I mentioned before, we would love to hear from you. And if you want to talk with our team about taking your next step toward God, visit parkviewchurch.com slash next steps to let us know. Now may the grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forever. See you next time.